seven prayers. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. And, you know, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Dynasty mustaches. I've been more of a beard guy. You know, I don't, I can't grow the mustache and be around my kids. But we're going to talk to you about stashes today. We're going to talk about those guys. Everybody this time of year, they, they just want to win, right? So they're trying to go out there and they're trying to trade for those big names. And, and you know, the Super Bowl just happened. We're starting to get into the, the talk about free agency. We're getting into the talk about the rookies. And everybody wants them fresh rookies. Everybody wants the DeAndre Swift, the Jamar Chase, the Justin Jeffersons of the world. But we're going to talk about these guys that, that go after round 18. Those guys that go, you know, that you can get thrown in a deal. A guy that you could just say, hey, you know what? Throw me a pair of fours, and maybe I can get this guy. So I'm excited to talk about it with my buddy Ian today. Ian, how's everything going with you? Everything's good, man. You know, living the life here on a Sunday without football. Uh, but you can you can find me at Super Skull Fan on Twitter, and uh, me and Dad are just have been chilling, trying to get as many trades done as possible in our Smash Three League. Smash Three's yeah. been on fire, man. I mean, there has been trades. I got to give shout outs to some of the guys that have come in there. I mean, they've come in and just, you know, made some some baller trades. It's been some great communication, you know. And, and what I really like enjoy about these listener leagues is the 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 DMs where the guys like, hey, what do you think of this guy? And then we start negotiating and we make a trade and we get to know, you know, it's like it's been cool because they're all part of our group chat, which we're going to be launching our Patreon soon. And these guys are like already in that group chat. They're starting to talk fantasy. They're starting to talk, getting to know each other. And it's just been so much fun. And I'm so excited for Smash 4, which, you know, there's been, there was like five or six guys that were like, man, I really wanted to get into Smash 3. Right now we have 10 guys ready to go, including myself, for Smash 4. And they're like, hey, we need two more. Let's go get two more. And I'm like, guys, if you're listening to this and you want to play $50 buy-in, it's a ton of fun. I mean, Smash 1, over 170 trades the first year smash two somewhere in the 50s smash three we had like over 180 in the startup which is absurd but the coolest thing to me ian is like in my home league i'll put something on Sw- sleeper and three days later two people will have read it i put something in the smash three group chat you see all 12 people have read it like everyone is looking everyone is there everybody wants to make trades and i think that's what it's all about absolutely i honestly trading is one of the most fun parts of dynasty in my opinion because like when you're in redraft i feel like trades don't really happen that often and with dynasty they do because you got to change it up you got to go after your guys if you want that guy you're not going to get them unless you trade for them uh so i think it's it's a lot of fun uh with trading especially when people are active like they are in smash 3 and that's why we created this podcast. So today, what we're going to talk about, we're, like I said, we're going to talk about stashes, you know, and my evaluation, the way I handle stashes is what I look at is, let's say I want player X, right? And he's a guy that is a little under the radar. I don't go to Ian and say, you know what, how much for player X? Because now all of a sudden, let's say that's, you know, let's say this Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was flying under the radar for some people, or even a guy like Josh Palmer. And I say, hey, Ian, What's it going to cost for Josh Palmer? Now, all of a sudden, Ian's like, yo, this guy might be worth more than what I think, right? Like, this is a guy that 
you know, one of the guys in my league really wants. So therefore, radars go up, the flags go up, and now all of a sudden they're going to want a second round pick when you probably could have got him as an add-on in a deal. So the way I usually look at these guys that we're going to talk about today is I got a deal done in, in Smash 3 for, you know, I got A.J. Brown for the 101, and I was like, I need a little, and, and the 207, I said, I need a little sweetener here, throw a guy in on the end. You know, and, and that there's a lot of guys on this list that people will throw in on a deal. Maybe by October, November, we see that there's nothing there and we cut them. Nothing lost. But other times, Darren Waller was a guy I got thrown in as add-ons three, four years ago. You know, Logan Thomas was a guy that I was getting thrown in deals. You know, there are so many players that haven't quite broken out yet that we just lose faith with. You know, in the past, we would say, you know, it's going to take three years for a guy to break out. Now, if they don't do it year one, some of these owners start to really get frustrated and they're like, yeah, I'll add him. No big deal. You know, yep. and it, how, how do you envision, you, you play it the same way when it comes to these kind of stashes and is there anything to add to that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, when Logan Thomas had broken out, there was a league where someone asked who was like, I'm searching for a tight end. And I was like, Logan Thomas is available. And in return, there was more to it, obviously, but in return, I got Dalton Schultz as a throw-in, which now Dalton Schultz is is better than Logan Thomas when that guy was searching for a tight end. So it's like, you get those throw-ins, it, it's totally worth it. And I think the one thing, contenders always seem to do that. They always seem to want that throw-in. I have a lot of people reaching out and they're saying, I'm doing a rebuild, you know, I'm selling Mike, like, I'm selling uh, Mike Evans for a first. And I said, just get a throw-in. Just get a guy, because then you have two shots, right? You got that first round pick. That'll probably hit if it's 2023. And then you have another shot where it's like, maybe this guy appreciates a little bit and he was worth nothing, but now all of a sudden I can get a third. I can get a second. In some instances, these guys blow up after year three, year four, because we've just, you know, we we end up selling them way too early. So the first group I want to talk about is sophomores, right? Sophomores who haven't quite hit yet. One of the big ones, you know, and I know you have him on your list, is Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer ended up having a nice little season, you know, 33 receptions, 353 yards, four touchdowns. And the biggest thing to me is he's he's tied to Justin Herbert, you know. Yes, they may re-sign Mike Williams. Yes, they may bring in someone else if Mike Williams leaves. But I think he has firmly cemented himself as the wide receiver three there. And anybody that's tied to a top five dynasty quarterback, that's some value. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm on the side where I do think they let Mike Williams walk. Um, so let's say they even draft someone in the first round, like a Garrett Wilson, like we saw recently in a, on, on our mock draft that we did. If Garrett Wilson goes to the Chargers when Mike Williams walks, he might not be ready those first couple of weeks. Justin Jefferson didn't play week one, week two. So if but no one took charge on the Vikings that that year but maybe josh palmer can take it that that those weeks and then garrett wilson is only the wide receiver three until he truly jumps uh so you get that value right there and even if let's say palmer goes off those first two weeks then you can sell him for maybe even a late first or something who knows i think he's definitely worth having uh right now uh he's definitely someone i'm actively trying to get uh, as, as, as a throw-in in, in a lot of bigger trades. I know uh, there's one league where I'm shopping Josh Allen, and I tried to get him to to throw in uh, uh, Josh Palmer here, and and uh, I, I think it's going to potentially go well. We'll see, because um, I'm asking for a lot for Josh Allen, but because <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Josh Palmer is a is a guy I'm definitely targeting. I know we I have him in in our Smash League three. Um, I think I drafted him higher probably than most people would have. Um, but I, I, he's a guy I'm definitely uh, looking for. Well, and I'm glad you talked about drafting because these are the guys that you can start approaching rounds 18. You know, I, I know in startups, most of the time, once we get to round like 18 to 25, people are like, they start packing it in, right? And they're not doing their homework. Josh Palmer is a guy, I mean, if you look at it, week 14, he had uh, seven, when he ended up having seven receptions for and he had a t- or five receptions on seven targets for 66 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, and then he has six targets in week 16, five targets in week 17, nine in week 18. And then we're talking about a guy that, you know, like that matters. He started to get a rapport with Justin Herbert. And this is a guy that I think a lot of deals you might be able to say, you know what? Why don't you just throw Josh Palmer in there? See if that's a guy you can get. Because most of your, your teammates, your league mates, they're not going to really be super high on a guy like Josh Palmer, you know, and, and I know you are, and that's a, a move where it's like, you might even be able to get, you know, give up a second and get Josh Palmer in a third if you're, you know, in that kind of situation. But again, we're trying to get these guys as add-ons. We're trying to get these guys where we approach that owner and we say, hey, I want this player. Can you add Josh Palmer to it? And now all of a sudden you get two guys for the price of one, and we believe that he's a guy that might hit this year. Exactly. And, you know, you, you look at the Chargers roster, too, and honestly, I would highly doubt that Keenan Allen plays all 17 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you're looking at someone who may even have a chance to have a couple weeks where he's the top target on that team. The next guy I want to talk about, and this isn't completely under the radar, but he's still, I, I bought him recently for two-thirds, and I feel like he's he's approaching that level, right? He's a guy that we're looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a household name yet. He, you know, he he didn't start out super hot, but by the time Beckham was moved on, I mean, he ended up with 34 receptions, 597 yards and three touchdowns with 837 air yards. So I mean, he was out there putting up seven fantasy points a game. And I know that doesn't seem like a ton, but we're looking at someone who literally could be on the fringe of a breakout. A guy that really had some upside playing at at Michigan. And sticking in the same wide receiver core, Anthony Schwartz as well. You know, both of these guys, we're looking at Jarvis Landry might be moving on. You know, I think the offense is going to have to evolve a little bit and and pass a little bit more. And I think Baker Mayfield could utilize these guys and both of them, or at least one of them. I mean, Schwartz showed some flashes in the beginning. He had a couple nice games there. Donovan Peoples at the, or Donovan Peoples-Jones at the end. And I feel like, both of them are still Schwartz. You can definitely get thrown on Donovan Peoples Jones. You can buy on the super cheap as well. Absolutely, and I think honestly, with both these guys, you look at the Browns probably will draft a wide receiver with with uh, with OBJ being traded away. And I, honestly, I think them drafting a wide receiver would actually help both these guys draft value because it's going to take some of that pressure off of them to succeed immediately. Um, I'm a, I'm I'm more on the Anthony Schwartz train uh mm-hmm. more than Don- donovan people's jones just because i think that donovan people's jones will um cost quite a, a little bit more i don't know if he's if you're going to be able to necessarily get him as a true throw in um i think right. there might be a throw him in okay then you throw in another couple things too. throw in a third uh, on the way back yeah you know, those kind it, of deals yeah exactly so i think that someone like anthony schwartz is a true throw in where you can be like yeah, we're we're so close. We're right there. Just throw an Anthony Schwartz for me, mm-hmm. um, and and that's someone who, like you said, he flashed at the beginning of the season. 
I don't know what really happened, to be honest. Uh, but I he, mean, he's he a third round had, pick, so I mean, they, exactly, you know, he, he has, has that, that draft pickle. Exactly, and I, I think a lot of people have just I picked him up. You know, the, in leagues where. Guys, utilize your taxi squad. If your taxi squad is year one, year two, my one was was first three years, and I at the end of the year I only had one guy left on my taxi squad, so I went out and I picked up. You know, a lot of these guys we're talking about here, but one of them was Anthony Schwartz, and that's free. That's free capital. You just throw it on the taxi squad, and eventually, if you do, if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You know, but you at least got that extra. So many people are like, you know, my league's twenty five. I can have 25 roster spots and five taxi, but I don't really have anybody on my taxi. Why not? I mean, literally, just go pick up some of these guys, throw them on your taxi squad, and 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 see how it goes. You know, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's just like having an extra lottery ticket in there. Another- but, but when it comes to wide receivers, getting that uh, those teams that draft them in the second, third round, even if they tank that year one, it's definitely worth holding on to them because that draft value. Those teams aren't cutting them. Yeah, they're going to still give them every opportunity that they can. Absolutely. Another guy from that same class, and I know you picked him up in Smash 3 as well, is, is Diami Brown. I mean, Diami Brown at North Carolina balled out. He's a guy that runs a 4-5-40, great burst score. Uh, not a great first season, right? 25 targets, 12 receptions, 165 yards. Uh, nice part there, you know, 13.8 yards per re- uh, reception. Not too bad, but we're looking at a situation where Washington's going to get a QB upgrade. You know, or at least a, a better offensive line. They're in, in a situation there where it's like Terry McLaurin and who's that next guy? Who else is going to be in there? You know, and Diami Brown showed some flashes. He had a great college profile. Might be a guy. I know you have him in, in your sleeper list there. Might be a guy that has some uh, potential in year two. Absolutely. And he had that draft capital as well. So I think the, the I, I still feel weird calling them the commanders. But the... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, sure. the the commanders, I think they don't, like you said, they don't have anyone beyond Terry McLaurin in their wide receiver group right now. And even, you know, Logan Thomas is definitely on the, the downside of his career. I think he's probably going downhill a little bit. So who is this new QB going to rely on? And, and Jami Brown's more of that slot kind of receiver. And I think those slot receivers are a, a rookie QB's best friend if they go that route. Um, so it's definitely someone I'm hanging on to. Same, staying with the same position, same kind of talk here. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, I know you have Amari Rogers, another guy that you picked up there, another guy that's round 18, 20 in your startup draft, who, you know, potentially could have a, a nice little season here. We're talking about Devontae Adams maybe leaving, you know, either scenario, whether Rogers and Adams stays or they don't, the opportunity is there for Amari Rogers. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, what have the Packers fans at least been clamoring? Draft Aaron Rodgers, a wide receiver. Do it, do it, do it. And they finally do in the top three rounds. And he does nothing. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to still. Um, he's not someone I have, a, to, to be frank with you, uh, he's not someone that I have a lot of high hopes for. I don't think he's ever going to be even a wide receiver two in the NFL. Um, but he's definitely someone that, if, if, you know, Devontae Adams leaves or if, you know, he stays and Devontae Adams goes down a week, I think he's someone that could be like a flex play that you throw in. I think so, too. And I mean, if you look at his his profile altogether, aside from that round three draft capital, I mean, you're looking at he's in the bottom bottom third when it comes to all your different player compositions. When you're talking about to 40, talking about that speed score, burst score, agility. I mean, it's all bottom third, you know, but the opportunity is there. Another guy that I have there who, on the flip side, he had the draft capital. He didn't see the field very often, but 
he does have the metrics that count. And that's that's Dwayne Eskridge. Dwayne Eskridge is, you know, he went in the second round to Seattle. He runs a 4-4-5-40. You know, he has a great burst score. He's in that area, but didn't see the field much. I mean, we're looking at 10 games played, 20 targets, 10 receptions for 64 yards. Not a lot going on there. But, you know, there's rumor about DK Metcalf getting traded. Tyler Lockett's starting to get up there in age. Second round draft capital. And we have Jordan McNamara coming on the show here this week. Second round draft capital matters. You know, if you can get a guy, and we heard Matt Hicks last week talking about how if you can get a guy in that 50 to 100 range, those are the guys that still have that high draft capital that's worth investing in. And Dwayne Eskridge was one of those guys, you know, and, and he played he played well in college. I mean, you know, at Western Michigan, his stats were fantastic. His best player comparable is Peter Warwick, which if you're a Bengals fan from back in the day, I mean, Peter Warwick was a nice wide receiver coming out of college. Another guy that, I mean, you took him in your third round in your rookie draft. You might have gave up on him already. If he's out there, pick him up. If not, get him as a toss-in. Um, see, I, I'm off the Dwayne Eskridge train. I don't I don't see it. Um, I, I, you know, I was in my uh, draft analysis prior to last season. I, I had, I graded him, I think in like the sixth round. I just didn't see, yeah. I didn't see that draft capital being worth it. I definitely had guys like Deami Brown and Amari Rogers higher than him even pre-draft. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't have him anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm off that train. And these are, we're talking about just extra guys, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. And it's just, and so maybe a guy like me is sitting there and and, and I drafted him with my 312 last year or something in the rookie draft and and I don't care so cool have him <laughs> and I mean that's what we're talking about is like one man's trash is another man's treasure I mean a lot of times you can get these guys thrown in a guy that had some some camp buzz undrafted free agent or no went in the seventh round was was Mike Strachan I know he's one of the guys that you have on there great speed score Came in at 107.4, big catch radius. There was a lot of buzz about him, but he only played in five games and three targets. But he was a guy that, you know, it got a lot of buzz in training camp. Yeah, and that, that's, I think, the people that you have to pay attention to. Because I remember uh, in, in Dynasty, Stefan Diggs, obviously I know more about Vikings training camp than the average person. But Stefan Diggs literally wasn't drafted in my rookie draft when, when, when I was in Dynasty back then. Yeah. It literally wasn't drafted in the first three rounds. Of, and I was literally able to pick him up off the waiver wire because of all this training camp buzz with him. And so it, it's people like that you have to pay attention to training camp buzz because it's legit. Um, it really and means something. He's a guy, will he pan out? It is a long road for a seventh round pick. You know, and it's Absolutely. like like what we just talked about with Dwayne Eskridge. I mean, like I'm not on Michael Strachan, but I picked him up. Like, I've picked him up in leagues because why not? If there's camp buzz, now is the time to not be dormant. If it is out there, if there is waiver wire guys that you can pick up, if there is some camp buzz, you go out there and you get that, you know, you give it a shot. Uh, moving over to the tight end position, a guy that I think both of us love, and he finished out the season strong, but, I mean, he, in college at Miami, looked fantastic. Brevin Jordan was a guy that was projected to be a very high draft pick. Then he went to the fifth round. Still only 21 years old, still an athletic freak, but not a lot in the beginning of the year. He plays the last nine games, 28 targets, 20 receptions, three receiving touchdowns, all with Davis Mills. 
And, you know, I think it's going to be a slower curve because he's a younger guy. He uses athleticism at Miami. But we're going to see a little bit more of Brevin Jordan in year two. And I think by year three, we might be looking at, you know, a, a breakout type player that if you can get added into a deal, you know, if you're making a an offer for Hawkinson or you're making an offer for Fant or one of these other guys, try to get Brevin Jordan added back in on the backside for basically free. And the other guy is Hunter Long. You know, I think we both like Hunter Long. Hunter Long got a lot of buzz in camp last year, had the injury, missed pretty much the entire season. But now Mike Gusecki might be leaving. Hunter Long could find himself in a in a starting position or at least a 1A, 1B if they bring in a free agent, you know, like Jared Cook or something like that. But I think both of these guys could have some be- benefits on the backside. Absolutely. And, and Hunter Long was uh, like almost basically the consensus tight end too to, to Kyle Pitts going into the draft last year. Um, and that injury just killed his draft. Um, and, and, and as far as fantasy goes, like no one is even paying attention to Hunter Long at all. As far as Brevin Jordan, though, I think, you know, Texans are hard to draft right now. It's like you, you get we, we joke about the Jets discount, but I think there's a Texans discount right now, too. There should be. Um, and and but the Texans are talking about like literally trading everyone on their team right now. They're talking about trading Brandon Cooks. They're talking about trading Deshaun Watson. They're talking about getting rid of like all these guys. So who are they going to have left? What Brevin Jordan, Nico Collins? Like these are the guys that they're going to have left, and they're going to have to get some targets. So Brevin Jordan is someone I'm super high on. A little bit deeper, there, there's two guys. You know, I put out there who's that draft sleeper. You know, and I was really stoked that Sigmund Bloom responded to my tweet, and he put Kylan Granson. I mean, Kylan Granson was a fourth-round pick. He didn't really do a lot this year, you know, looking at 11 receptions. You know, he's he's learning learning curve there because there were, you know, Mo Cox was there, you know, uh, Jack Doyle. But Granson started to see the field, looked a little bit better. He's a guy that you can get thrown in there. And I, I think him and Noah Gray, you know, Noah Gray from the Chiefs, again, those are just some tight ends. It's going to take them some time, you know, like Travis Kelsey isn't going to play forever. I think uh, I think Granson's going to get sure? a lot more opportunity. <laughs> he might. Um, but Kyler Granson's going to get some more. Kylan Granson's going to get some more playing time this year. Obviously, yeah, I, I don't know if Jack Doyle's in the last year of his career, but he looked he looked on the wash side. You know, I mean, Mo Ali Cox is a big target, but I feel like Granson's going to get a lot more play here in 2022. Absolutely. And, you know. A lot of people think uh, a player that a lot of people have been on too is is Tommy Tremble, but like give me Noah Gray or or Kylan Granson over a Tommy Tremble to be honest because coming out of the draft Tommy Tremble even though he has that draft capital that we've been talking about he would he's like almost strictly a blocking tight end like he's not that true receiving threat like mm-hmm. a Kylan Granson like a Noah Gray is so I I. As far as fantasy, I'm definitely preferring those two guys over a Tommy Tremble. Um, you know, in NFL, Tommy Tremble is probably overall the better player. But when it comes to fantasy, you're looking at at someone like Granson taking over. Mo Ali Cox is as big and as uh, his catch radius is massive, but he's very slow. He's very slow. Like he looks like I'm moving out on the football field there sometimes. Like, uh, so Kylan Granson is someone I think they definitely will work into into the offense. Um, and Noah Gray, you know, I think Noah Gray may take some more time than someone like Kylan Granson just because they have Travis Kelsey. Like he's not going to see the field that often, and even if he does, he's probably not going to be the receiving 
tight end. He's going to be more of that blocking tight end, but that's what's going to get him to stick with a team is if he improves that blocking capability too. Love it. Love it. And I want to move into, I want to, I want to stay with the sophomores here, but I also want to combine it with running backs because wide receivers, we talked about all these guys. We just talked about what, seven different wide receivers. If more than one of them hit and hit big, I'd be shocked, right? I mean, we're just like, this is a guy to get stashed. If they don't have the draft capital, it's a very tough thing. But running backs, and that's what I usually try to, and this is the the big thing, those are the guys that I try to get thrown in. You know, and those are the guys that, especially if I'm on a, on a rebuilding team or a team where I'm retooling a little bit, one of these guys hits, one of the guys gets injured, and now all of a sudden we have a backup running back here who could necess- could really put up some numbers. Um you know, the, some of the guys that we have on here are sophomores. A little bit tougher, you know, to try to find the field. Eno Benjamin you have, as well as Kylan Hill. I put uh, Kenne Nwongu. I mean, that guy, if we're talking about absolute upside, the way he plays the kick return game, I mean, he had 13 carries, 4.7 yards per carry, and 61 rushing yards. But if you look at his measurables, I mean, he is a 4.37. That's 99th percentile. One, uh, 115.2 speed score. 97th percentile agility score everything's in that 87 to 99th percentile i'm not saying he's going to be that guy but i'm saying dalvin cook's aged you know and i, I it's a vikings guy you know you you, you gotta <laughs> I love, literally didn't put him on there you gotta love his <laughs> kick return skills but i mean and if your kind league of a, gives kick return points too yeah. that's just an extra bonus there and and if you literally watched any of his kick return touchdowns that he had which he led the league in last year um that dude is the fastest man, like legit faster and more agile than Cordero Patterson, who like, I feel like I can compare him to since we had them both on the Vikings mm-hmm. there. Like this dude is special. And even let's say not Dalvin cook, let's say Alexander Madison goes down. Kenny Nwangu gets that, mm-hmm. that value boost right there too. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely on that train. I didn't put him on my list cause you are sick of me talking about Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you know, going back to one of the guys that I had, I, I'd kill and Hill on there too. And that's someone who I think the Packers are going to a true split committee here um, uh, with, with Aaron Jones. And uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, AJ Dillon. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, but so either, if either of those guys go down, then you're looking at maybe they stick with that committee and bring in and bring in Hill. So I think that's someone that, you know, and he tore his ACL like in preseason. So he's someone that we haven't even seen take the field yet and could be really special. Well, and um, Kylan, Kylan Hill's best comparable player on playerprofiler.com is Alexander Madison. You know, so I mean, there is an upside there. I know he was taken in the seventh round and he's, you know, he's over 23 years old, but it's like there is some upside there that's definitely there. You got to. We're going to talk about that Green Bay running back situation on multiple shows, obviously, with, with A.J. Green. Or A.J. Green. <laughs> with, we were really Dillon. messing. Yeah, A.J. Dillon <laughs> and, and, and Aaron Jones there, where they're like, I was thinking Green Packers, you know. With those guys, Aaron Jones is going to be there for a couple more years, the way they restructured the deal. And it's like, yep. you know, one of those guys goes down. That's a, that's a good guy to stash in there. Non-sophomores. Now, these are the guys that I think... Really, you know, really quick, Dad. I do want to bring up Eno Benjamin. He's someone that's even higher on my list than a lot of these other guys. Because right now, Eno Benjamin is the starter in, in Arizona. Like, if they don't do anything, Eno Benjamin is that guy. And he has shown a lot of flashes. He's really special, in my opinion. And he's someone that no one's paying attention to. And I, I, I really like his draft 
profile. Uh, he's someone that I'm definitely targeting. I, I would be willing to even give up like a late second for Eno Benjamin. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm on that train fully. See, he's fast as too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he's a smaller back. He's a guy that's going to be a, a complimentary back for sure, you know, because he's at that 5'9", 207 range. Um, I liked his college tape, but we didn't see a lot this year you know and he he did have 34 rushing attempts for 118 yards nothing special but he at least got out there a little bit you know and he are they going to bring back chase edmonds we don't know you know is james connor going to come back i mean there's a lot of moving pieces right now with it with arizona so but like if you're in the middle of of a startup draft for instance why wouldn't you take a flyer in the 20th for someone that is literally currently the starter yeah, no, I have no problem with it. I, I don't love, love the player. I love the ideas. You love the, some yeah. of the situations. And I think that, that comes up in some of these depth charts, right? We're, we're all paying attention to where Melvin's Gordon's going to go. You and I are paying attention to who is still there, right? And it's Mike Boone. Mike mm-hmm. Boone is someone who, you know, I, I think, again, a really good profile. You know, his best co- comparable player is David Wilson, runs a four four nine. Someone that, when he gets the opportunity over the years, I mean, this year... He only had four carries, but he had 35 yards. That's eight a clip. In 2020, only 11 carries, but 5.4 yards. In 2019, only 49 carries, but 5.6 yards per carry. So he's a guy that can definitely be a nice supplementary back to Javante Williams if and when Melvin Gordon leaves because sometimes you have to see the writing on the wall. You have to look at the third guy on the depth chart and just be like, I'm going to just put a little bit down on this guy. Absolutely. And and uh, again, we're going back into it. Mike Boone was a Viking guy too. And like legit when the Vikings drafted uh, Alexander Madison, I know a lot of Vikings fans that, that were like, why we have Mike Boone. So, so, and, and Mike Boone is a legit player. I was sad to see him go. Um, it, it, and you know, the Broncos, their GM was the former assistant GM in Minnesota. So obviously he saw something when he was here and that's why he brought him over too. My favorite throw-in, and I, he's approaching a non-throw-in status, is Khalil Herbert. I mean, Khalil Herbert, 100 carries, 400 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, 14 receptions. He's still flying under the radar. He still goes in rounds like 18 to 20. David Montgomery will be the bell cow. That has been what has happened. But when he went down... There were a couple weeks there where Khalil Herbert was a nice waiver wire ad, and it re- he's 23 years old. I think there was a, a, we saw just enough that he might be a guy that could just come in and, and put in some nice numbers. Oh, absolutely. I I, th- I agree that he's approaching that. I don't think he's going to be a true throw in um, in, a, in a lot of deals. Yeah, I mean, um, you look at week six, seven, and eight. You know, 20 carries, 15 carries. 17 carries for 112, 133, 68. I mean, and, and he was a serviceable RB2 for three games. And But then he went back, you know. So if he had yep. keep, kept playing, then he went back to relegated to the most he had. He had 12 carries in week 15, but the rest, we're looking at two carries here, three carries there. So out of sight, out of mind, and I've been getting him thrown in. To me, Khalil Herbert should be drafted in that same range and considered on the same tier as a guy like Alexander Madison. They're right there. They're, you know, if if either Dalvin Cook or David Montgomery go down, they are legit RB1 status, I feel like. They could be getting that those RB1 numbers if those starters go down. Um, not a lot of teams have a backup running back that can do that, but Khalil Herbert is one of those. Speaking of those same situations, Antonio Gibson has been 
phenomenal, you know. And and Jarek McKinnon in that number two role has been very nice, good pass catching abilities. A guy that was compared to Darren Sproles, Devin Singletary, Jarrett Patterson is someone. If I didn't talk about him, John would yell at me. 22 years old, he came in there, and I believe it was week 17. I mean, he had a nice little showing, and when McKissick was out, we got to look at it. McKissick's a free agent. Maybe he's a guy that goes away. Maybe he's a guy that was on your waiver wire, but he had some nice games there down the stretch. I mean, you look at week 17, he had 15 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, and and that was his first like expanded role. Everything else is just one carry here, two carries there. A guy that was going in fourth rounds of rookie picks that I rookie drafts that I think you could get added in. And who knows? McKissick leaves. Now all of a sudden he's the number two guy there. They could bring in some, you know, some more guys. But I think he he showed enough in this rookie season that he could have some value. Yeah, I'm not as high on Jarrett Patterson as I think a lot of people are. I I do think the the Commanders bring someone in. I know I've been talking to you. I think someone like we've brought him up way too much in this pod. But Melvin Gordon I think would make a lot of sense on the Commanders as that number two or one B guy even to Gibson Gibson. Gibson is I'm so torn on where I put Gibson in any of my rankings um, I'm higher than most you know like I, I get I, I, it no but like I it, it, you know even as a rookie coming out like he was older than most too and and so it's 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 a it's a difficult situation but I'm not quite on that Jared Patterson train so he could be someone you could get me to trade away probably fairly easily so I think yeah. that you know go ahead throw him in it's that dart throw. Who knows? And and these are most of these guys are guys that you drafted or I drafted in Smash Three or guys that I added after the draft because I you know I drafted so many rookie picks that I just had extra capital. It was like, hey, might as well add these guys. You know, might as well get some dart throws. Another dart throw there for me was Jarek McKinnon. I mean, if you're going to talk about measurables, Jarek McKinnon is 99th percentile across the board. Um, Daryl Williams had a couple nice games in there, but if you look at from week 18 on and into the playoffs and week against Pittsburgh ends up with 142 total yards and a touchdown at Denver 30 50 yards and a touchdown 78 yards against Buffalo 95 in the Super Bowl and, and he didn't get drafted in 25 rounds in Smash 3 you know cuz well, McKinnon we're, we're like is Clyde Edwards Hilaire the guy is Daryl Williams the guy Jarek McKinnon looked like the guy the guy and, and I love Jet. Don't get me wrong. Again, another, another former Viking. I didn't bring him. I didn't list him just because he's a Viking guy. I'm sure promise. you didn't. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but like, uh, so here's the thing with Jet too. I know we always talk about that running back cliff too, and that that age cliff. And and Jet is approaching that absolutely. But the usage is had, next to nothing. He had two years off because he got full injury that took him out for two years. So he didn't have any tread on those tires for two years. Yes, the injuries sucked, but clearly he's back. In my opinion, he's someone that I, I would love to have him in next to any league right now. Another guy, same same kind of measurables, you know, a guy that I joke around that his body's made of paper mache. But I got Raheem Mostert throwing in to two deals this week where it's like, if he gets some play, you know, I, I think there's some some value there. That's a deep one. I know that's a veteran where it's like both McKinnon and Mostert are almost 30 years old. But we're talking about guys that just get throw-ins. And guess what? When we get to week 16 and your guy, you Raheem Mostert starting, Jarek McKinnon starting, you put Raheem Mostert in your third and you get a second-round pick and you win. 
You know, not saying it's yep. going to happen, but those situations happen. I mean, look at the playoffs this year. If we look at the fantasy playoffs this year, the guys that you had were not what you were expecting, right? I mean, with with guys getting COVID, with guys going down to injury, you could probably list five or six running backs over those playoffs where you could have got a flip there real quick. And it was just like, they need a running back and I'm going to trade him Jeff Wilson. I got second round picks for Jeff Wilson. I got second round picks for Justin Jackson. That's where you got to move those guys. That's where you end up winning and, and get that Justin Jackson's too far. You know, he doesn't quite go onto this list. Uh, two other running backs there in that area. And with Mostart, too, you, you, who knows? Kyle Shanahan's a mystery, man. He could be the starter all season. He, <laughs> the Elijah Mitchell fans and the uh, the few Trey Sermon truthers still out there definitely would be angry with that. Another guy, Darrington Evans. You know, he, if he did not go down to injury before Derrick Henry, we might be talking about him in a different light. I mean, I liked his tape coming out of college. It's just bad timing for him right now. Oh, absolutely. I, he's someone I have in Smash League 3. I really liked Darrington Evans' uh, tape. He's someone that, like you said, the injuries timing truly screwed him because he would have been that guy that came in for Henry um, when Henry went down had he not already been down. And I think he he's someone that can that can be like in that Khalil Herbert and, and uh, uh, Alexander Madison tier. Mm-hmm. Um, if Derrick Henry goes down, he's going to be that guy that can be at the very worst an RB2 status. Yeah, we were not looking for two years to have 16 total carries from Darrington Evans, especially (laughs) with his 40 time and the way he profiled getting a third-round draft capital. He was a guy that we thought was definitely going to get a little bit of play, kind of not eat into Derrick Henry, but at least be a supplementary guy, a guy that could cut some passes, and it just you know, it didn't quite pan out. The next one is about as deep as it gets, and it's something that you saw the writing – you know, on the wall for Antonio Williams. Yeah, Antonio Williams is someone I, I'm definitely on. I've picked him up in a lot of my leagues that have a lot of a, a deep bench. Um, Antonio Williams. So, so uh, why am I? Dabul came in to the Giants, right? And his his literal first move was signing Antonio Williams. Like that has to say something, man. Like that's literally his first move as a head coach. Like he brings in a guy that he knows well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it says something. I think he can easily be in that RB2, like that, well, not fantasy RB2, but like New York Giants RB2 status right there and be someone that definitely spells uh, Barkley. Booker's been that guy that's just been someone you just add on there. But, I mean, we know Devontae Booker isn't isn't Young. a star by any means. He's not. He's getting aged up there. But now let's talk about some real, real, like these year three breakouts, right? We're all talking about, are they going to be like the Devontae Parker year five breakout? Are these guys that we should just pack it in? These are guys that I picked up, you know, off of waivers or free agency. Guys, did you get two of these guys I got in the last possible round? And uh, I had, this is, this is just crazy, but Denzel Mims and Nikhil Harry I took in the 25th round of our draft. <laughs> And to me, yes, the situations were horrible. But what you got to look at, I mean, Nikhil Harry as a first-round pick draft capital, his college production was insane. I mean, he was the, – the, the worry about him was, is he going to test well at the Combine, right? Because his college tape was phenomenal. I mean, he was being compared to some of the best wide receivers in the game. He was getting DeAndre Hopkins-type talk about the way he high points balls and 50-50 balls. But was he going to run a good 40? Was he going to do that? He did all that. He goes in the first round, and I don't know if he just couldn't pick up that complex New England scheme, if he couldn't get on the field. I know, you know, when Brady was still there, it was a lot of, like, it just wasn't clicking. 
I feel like he, he they're, they're shopping him. If he goes to a situation, we know he can catch 50-50 balls. We know he has at least some phenomenal college production. It, again, this is a deep, deep move. When you talk about Nikhil Harry or Denzel Mims on Twitter, people are going to yell at you. <laughs> I mean, like they're or just gonna laugh at you. And I think the I think the <laughs> Why problem are you talking is talking about him. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at guys that have insane comparables. They have great tools. Denzel Mims was going early second in rookie drafts. Nikhil Harry was going late first in a, in a solid class, you know. And I was like, 2020, Denzel Mims had. 23 receptions for 357, but this year couldn't get on the field, you know, and I'm not sure the exact situation. I'm saying deep throw-ins where it's like people have given up completely. Another guy in that situation is, you know, Ashton Doolin. I picked him up. I've been hearing a lot of good buzz about the Colts. You know, T.Y. Hilton's potentially retiring. Doolin is someone who I think, again, profiles to be a guy that could step in there as a as a number three wide receiver for the Colts and and, and who knows what that, that means? He had that one like eighty-two yard reception for a touchdown too. That was insane. <laughs> That's all you need to get a little right? buzz, right? Exactly. Uh, but I, I'm totally off the Denzel Mims. Like Nikhil Harry, I think if he can get to the right situation, I agree. Nikhil Harry mm-hmm. could be someone that could be worth that throw in. But Denzel Mims, I'm totally over. If you can't make it on the Jets. <laughs> no, you're you're bragging up the Jets. That's like, uh, well, you, I mean, like, no, but come on, it, like, it's this bad. was before Elijah Moore was even a thing, you know, like, and he still couldn't even get on the field. Like, I, yeah, I'm totally no, I, I get it, I get it. I was I was going deep dive, you know. I had I had some guys there. I didn't want to, as a you know, a partial Eagles fan there. I didn't want to list Jalen Rager because that just feels even dirtier. Um, there's guys in there. I mean, Devon Duvernay shows some flashes. Uh, Brian Edwards isn't quite in a, he's not a throw in at this point, but he's still no. underappreciated. And, you know, a guy that in year three underappreciated Visca Chenault too. Like, I think a, a lot of people are like, no, I'm, I'm done with Visca. Like, and I think he could be that person that go ahead, throw him. He's got a new coach. Maybe he uses them right. I, I'm, I'm loving the, I, I think the Jaguars are going to have, you know, it's a little bit of a resurgence. It can't be there again. We'll talk about Trevor Lawrence another time. Uh, a couple tight ends here. We're looking at year three. I mean, you got Josiah DeGuara. You got Harrison Bryant in Cleveland. Showed some signs, and we know he was, you know, award-winning tight end in college. Bryson Hopkins got some play there for the Rams in the Super Bowl, and people are starting to talk about him a little bit. And we know tight ends take a little bit more time. Um, you know, these are some guys that I think, again, you could get thrown in. Not a ton of value, but they might get some play. Exactly. And let's look at the Packers situation, too, if they – if Aaron Rodgers does move on, let's say, then you got either Jordan Love, who's essentially a rookie QB, or another QB that doesn't know the, the situation as well. And and someone like Josiah DeGuara could be his his blanket. And and I really think that that's someone that's worth a, a, a deep stash. Two of the other guys I have listed here in the tight end position, I have Blake Jarwin. Uh, you know, I know Blake Jarwin two years ago, we're like, this is going to be the guy, right? And then he goes down to injury, and Dalton Schultz ends up emerging as that guy. Dalton Schultz is a free agent, you know. So if Jarwin Jarwin's still under contract, if Schultz decides to go somewhere else, we're not sure. Dallas doesn't look like they can afford both Gallup and Schultz. Does not look like both of them are going to be retained. So if Schultz walks, Jarwin comes in, and maybe it's a 400-yard, six-touchdown season. But that is a tight end two, and that gives you a little bit of instant value. Maybe a guy you plug in there. And one that everybody talks about, I'm not huge on him, is Donald Parham. You know, like we're in a situation where the Chargers are starting to lose some weapons. I have never been big on him, but I, I know a lot of people in the community are. 
I think he could. Uh, obviously, there, there's a big asterisk next to that. Next to that, could he could be you if he's utilized like a Darren Waller? He has those measurables that Darren Waller does. Now, so if, it's more about him though. If he can get it, get it together, and really, you know, get his route tree down, he could be someone. I'm I'm not there on Donald Parnum. I was a year ago this time. Uh, he was someone I was taking that flyer on, but he just didn't show me anything this year. That so I'm a little off, but I still think he has that potential. He he is athletic. Darren Waller's another level. I mean, we're looking at oh, four, absolutely four four versus four seven. You know, like percentile wise, Darren Waller is in the hundredth percentile in forty yard, hundredth percentile in speed score, and in the nineties the whole way across the board. Where you know, like Donald Parham has some. He's not your I'm average size. He like, is. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That size. He has that I got Darren you. Waller size. And and he's free because he's had two straight seasons of like Nothing. underwhelming twenty receptions, <laughs> 100, 150 to one hundred ninety yards, and three touchdowns. But again, he's tied to Justin Herbert. So you know, these are some guys that again we're talking about. It's sexy to talk about. You just traded for Jamar Chase. It is sexy to go say you just went out there and traded for Justin Herbert. You know, it is not sexy when you tell people, yeah, you know what. I got him to throw in Dayami Brown. But guess what? Those kind of moves can pay off in Dynasty. Those are the kind of moves where, like I said, you maybe you trade for Jarek McKinnon's your throw-in, and in Week 16 you flip McKinnon and that third for a second, and it costs you nothing. Like, we have such big rosters. I hate carrying roster-clogging type players that are, you know, 32 years old, and they're going to give you, you know, a ceiling of a wide receiver four. You know, we're talking about some guys that are a little bit younger. You know, I I tend to be, once a guy hits a certain age, like if you haven't done it by 26, it's not happening. You know, like I'm okay moving off that guy. I'm okay moving those players where it's like, okay, this guy is just making my roster look old. But I, th- I think a lot of players are, are sitting there and they got that rookie hype, right? So they're like, throw in the third. These guys are just as valuable as that third round pick. Mm-hmm. They're just, they have just the same draft capital. They already know the playbook. They're, they're right there for me. So, um, so one these thing, are I love Go that. Ahead. And I'm glad I'm pumped because we're talking <laughs> about the draft. Let's say you have the 312, right? And I want this pick. And I say, I'll give you the 23 third for this pick. That's the time to add one of these guys. That's the time to say, you know what? I see you have, you know, Nikhil Harry on your team. Just throw him in. You know, it's just a throw in. You get the 20, you get this 312. I get the, I, I'm paying, you know, I'm, I'm letting you pay to move up into this class. I'm moving back. I'm doing you a favor. And then Harry lands somewhere and gets some playing time. You win, you know, and it's like, it totally. might be a small update, but like, I love this class from 107 to 206 like that range i love after that it gets a little bit dicey and if you can trade those 207 through 212 for a 23 second and get one of these stashes thrown back in i feel like you're going to be in a good spot where you're going to be very happy with that absolutely so again this this was a fun little episode you know putting it together on a sunday the patreon is going to be coming out soon we got the rankings on there we got our youtube clips we're gonna have bonus podcasts on there an opportunity to get in our patreon chat which is just fire like people are talking non-stop and it's like it's always going and that that itself to me you know we're gonna have several different tiers here the cheapest one's three dollars that's like seriously i mean that's 10 cents a day for 10 cents a day, you could feed some starving <laughs> smash analysts. No, but I mean, it's like, it's an awesome experience. You get 
we're all in there. I'm in there. Mung's in there. Ian's in there. John's in there. And there's some really, really sharp dynasty owners who are like, sometimes call us out. And you're like, no, that's not how it is, dad. You know, and, and they, they challenge us and it's a great group. It's definitely worth it. So keep an eye out on that. Again, Smash 4 is opening up. If you want a chance, I'm in it. The rest of the guys are like, yo, dad, stop creating startups. Like we can't be in all these, you know, like I'm in there. So if you want to play against me, or you want to play against some really good, a lot of these guys have been, they're itching to start and they keep asking about it. So if you want to get in smash four, hit me up on the DMS. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time. You know, it's, a, already, it's a superhero theme, right? It's, it's superhero. I'm the incredible dad with a Hulk theme in the background. You know, like some of the guys are creating their own little, uh, one of the guys tried to take, my he was like I'm gonna be uh, Hulk Smash. I'm like oh, no, I, I get the Smash part, but come on, like, just don't don't steal mine. But great group of guys, you guys should join. Um, Ian, what is it? Who's gonna be our 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 thread? Who did you do last week, and who's gonna be this week? Yeah, so I did Travis Etienne um, this last week. Who who uh, it turned out what, valued a little bit higher than I anticipated at a, a 105, 106. Yeah. Um, so, so that, you know, I'd probably sell him at that price personally. I, 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 I'm, I like Travis Etienne. I think he's going to be, we, we talked about the Jags being a team that I think is going to, to rise a little bit with, with a new coaching staff. Um, I haven't yet decided. I think I'm going to do another young wide receiver. Um, I haven't quite. Do Nikhil Harry, see what we can get for Nikhil Harry. (laughs) We'll start at the, the seventh round. Now, um. (laughs) But I know I really like these threads. You should check them out. I, I feel like I'm always the like I, I try to answer them immediately because I don't want to see what people are saying. And I think I put 108 for me was like 107, 108, and I try to you know answer them all, retweet them, and then just be like, this is my stamp. This is where I'm thinking. And in this class, because we talked about it, you know, we talked about Garrett Wilson, we talked about. Traylon Burks, Willis is going to be up there. We haven't even talked about the quarterbacks getting the rest of the quarterbacks getting up in there. We have Brees Hall, Brees Hall, CJ, uh, Isaiah Spiller. We have Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, and I don't know if I would prefer, at least right now, before landing spots, ETN over those guys, just because I, I'm just I got that rookie fever, but I feel like these guys put in the right situation are going to be. I know he's got that early draft capital, and that's huge. I think he was overdrafted, but you know that's that's the fun of it. We get to talk about it for now, and I'm sure we'll be bringing that up again. So, but also, don't just pay attention to draft capital either. Pay attention when a team legit trades up for that player too. I think that that's someone like Javante Williams with the Broncos. They traded up to go and get in the second to get Javante Williams, and I think that really matters a lot too. Um, so, so I, I I really like these threads, and, and I'm going to keep them going. Um, thank you for, for retweeting them and, and we'll, we'll get another one going this week. I was trying to, I was saying, I thought the ja- oh yeah, Jaguar selected him at 25. So I was like, I was thinking they actually traded up, but they just had two first in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a fun episode guys. Check out those threads, check out, you know, the Patreon that's going to be early next week by March. Jeez. I can't believe it's March already. We've had phenomenal February guests. I linked up all of ours, you know. Free agency is going to be starting soon, man. I know. And then next week's the combine. Next week is the combine on Tuesday. And we have both Jordan McNamara and Travis May coming on. That's just going to be fire. The rest of March is ridiculous. We got Dave Kluge coming on. We got um, Troy King coming on. We got Thor Nystrom. I mean, those are some, some ballers in the industry. So we're super excited. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.